Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 29th, 2022. I'm teaching a series all year. That's, that's called intentional progress. Not only do I believe that God wants you to have progress in 2022, that, that at the end of 2022, it is God's desire that you be incrementally closer to his overall expected end for your life. But you and I, we're going to pursue that progress on purpose. We will be deliberate and we will be intentional about becoming incrementally every day. I'm getting incrementally closer. Every day I'm walking with Jesus and Jesus is walking with me. Every day I'm being led of the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. And so we've also been studying the life of Jesus, life lessons from the life of Jesus. This is part 52. I want you to open up your heart now to receive the word. So today I'm going to flow in the same vein as I did yesterday. The title of today's message is Free from the Bondage of the Law. If you missed yesterday's message, please go to youtube.com forward slash Rick Pena and check that out because I'm flowing in the same vein. Some of the things that we, it's like sometimes people don't understand the importance of Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. The reason why we make a big deal out of it is because it's a big deal, right? (laughs) A lot happened, right? Jesus died for our sins. And then he rose from the dead with all power in his hand. All power in heaven and in earth and under the earth has been given to Jesus because of the death, the burial, and the subsequent resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so a lot happened uh, on the cross. And as we're getting ready for Resurrection Sunday morning, just a couple of weeks away, I want to talk about freedom from the bondage of the law. One of the things that Jesus did for us on the cross is he made us free from the bondage of the law, from the bondage of the old covenant. So let's just jump straight into it this morning. What does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you. Once again, I'm building my case, building upon what we taught yesterday. Three things. This is where I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Number one, here we go. The law made you wrong and the law is obsolete. The law made you wrong. You right there, look at me. The law made you wrong and the law is obsolete. I'm going to read five verses for you, and then we're going to talk about these five verses. I want to read these carefully and prayerfully. I I want you to get this down in your heart. Get this through your ear gates. Five verses, and then we'll talk about it. 1 Corinthians 15 and 56. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. The law actually gives sin its power. James 2 and 10. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is just as guilty as the person who's broken all the laws. Mm, Think about that for a minute. Romans 3 and 20. We looked at this yesterday. For no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Okay, Matthew 5 and 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, all the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 
to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He filled it to the full. He completed it. He, 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 he capped it off. He fulfilled the law for us. Hebrews 8 and 13, by calling this covenant new, the new covenant, the writer of Hebrews is saying, by calling this covenant new, God has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. The Bible says that the old covenant, because there's a new one, the old covenant is obsolete and is outdated. All right, so now let's talk about it. Let me give you some things from these five verses. And this is why you should get the notes. I mean, because there's like five, I give you scripture after scripture after scripture. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm, I'm sharing with you what God taught me from his word and what has set me free. I'm sharing with you what has changed my perspective. I grew up under performance-based religion. I grew up under, oh my God, oh my God, let me go to bed. Uh, 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 God, please forgive me. Uh, oh, today I did this. Uh, I did, oh, I looked at, oh, I should not have, oh, I, I said, oh, please forgive me of this and this. And God, please forgive me of every sin of commission and omission uh, because I, I don't want to die and, and then forget something. And what if I, I go to sleep and I, and I die in my sleep and then I go to hell? And so that's how I live. I, I'm, ta- I'm telling you, I, like, I love God, but I was living under the bondage of a law that wasn't even written for me. And I didn't understand God's amazing grace, his unearned grace. I didn't understand that there was a new covenant and that I was even born under the new covenant. Why was I like living, taking on? It was a crazy stuff. I just didn't understand it. And so, so when you get an understanding, you will never maximize what you do not understand. So let me talk about these five verses. Without the law, you would have no rules to break. That's why the Bible says the law gives sin its power. So prior to the law, they didn't have the law. So prior to the law, you can't say, hey, this person broke the rule because there were no rules. So the the rules were given. And once the rules were given, the law gives sin its power. You sin because you broke the commandments or you broke one of the rules. And, And but but we can't say that you sin if there were no rules to break. So rules, I told you yesterday, cannot make you right. Rules can only show you how wrong you are. So the Bible clearly states. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We we read that yesterday. We read it again today. That was Romans 3 and 20. So James then tells us that if you try to comply with the law and you take some of the law, you got to take all the law. And if you try to comply with the law and you comply with 99% of it, but then you break just one rule, then you're just as guilty as the person who broke them all. So, so you, it's like, it's like, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit of sinner. No, no, no. If you break one, you, you're just as guilty as the person who broke them all. So the rules came from God and the rules are holy. Say that, say the rules are holy. The law is holy, right? So it's not that there's something wrong with the law. It's just that it's too right. Uh, uh, so the law is holy. It came from God. So the problem is that no human could ever fulfill the law. Jesus was the only perfect human to ever live. So Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus did not come to destroy the law. The text says he came to fulfill it. So he satisfied it. He did it. He fulfilled the law. He satisfied the requirement and he ushered us into a new covenant. 
And the Bible says that once God introduced a new covenant, then the old covenant is obsolete and it's outdated. <laughs> and it wasn't even written for us. The, most of the people on this call uh, are, are, are Gentiles, right? Non-Israelites, non-Jews. And so the law wasn't even written for us in the first place. If you're not a Jew, so so now if I here I am, I'm a Dominican kid from Brooklyn. Obviously, I wasn't born under, I'm not uh, uh, one of the Israelites. So the law wasn't even for me in the first place. But I was raised in such a way that I was taught that I needed to take on the, the, the law and take on the fact that I broke the law and take on the fact that I needed to be guilty and then take on the fact that I needed to pay penance and I, and I had to pay for basically my sins. And I, I was paying for things that I didn't understand that Jesus already paid for it for me. And so now under this new covenant, I'm supposed to accept what Jesus already provided. Remember, I told you yesterday, under the old covenant, the spotlight was on man, man working for God. Under the new covenant, the spotlight is on God and what he has already done for us. So it's not about what I am trying to do for God, it's about what he has already done for me. And so now I get to believe and receive. I get to believe what God believes about me because God has delivered me from sin and death. All right, let's keep going. Number two, breaking the law led to the fear of death. And I lived under this fear, oh my God, I lived under this fear. And I know a lot of people that still live under this fear. Like, I don't want to die. Ooh, you know, stand before God on the day of judgment. Ooh, like, like, but, but the Bible says that in 1 John 4 and 16, 4 and 17, 4 and 17 says, as Jesus is, so, so am I in this world, or so are we in this world. But the verse right before it says that we can stand before God on the day of judgment with boldness, with confidence. I never, when I was raised under the, under religious stuff, I never thought of the day of judgment, me with boldness. I thought of the day of judgment. Oh my God please have mercy on me. Let me into heaven. That's, that's the way I live because I was looking at me. And First John 4 and 16 says, no, 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 no. On the day of judgment, you're going to be able to stand before God with confidence, with boldness, because Jesus is going to be right there saying, this is my brother. This is my sister. Why? Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Oh my God, there's a whole different perspective. It's a whole different way to live. So breaking the law led to the fear of death. Let's talk about it. Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son, Jesus, also became a human being and he came made of flesh and blood. For only as a human being could Jesus die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had, past tense, had, past tense, the power of death. So Jesus broke the power of the devil, who had, past tense, the power of death. Only in this way could he, Jesus, set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. There are people who live their lives as slaves or under the bondage Another translation says, under the bondage of the fear of death. Under, you, there are people that live their lives under the bondage of the fear of death. The text says Jesus came as a human and he lived as a human and he died as a human. That's what we're going to celebrate on Good Friday. But then he rose from the dead with all power in his hand. That's what we're going to celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. 
uh, uh, so I'm saying Good Friday and then Resurrection Sunday. So he did this. The, the text says that Jesus did this to break the power of the devil who had before the power of death. And so he took it. Jesus came to deliver us from sin and death, to set humanity free from the fear of death. The text says that people have lived all their lifetime under the bondage of the fear of death. So before Jesus's death, burial and resurrection, the text says that Satan had the power of death. So people all over the planet, Christians and non-Christians, people all over the planet are still today, 2022, living under the power or the bondage of the fear of death. People say, oh, I'm afraid of flying. No, mm -mm. you're afraid of dying. That's what it is. You're not afraid of flying. You're not afraid of dying. There's people that are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. They won't get on a cruise. They won't get on that boat. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know how to swear. There's people that are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. They won't get on that plane. Them jokers that drive from Washington to DC, from Washington State to Washington, DC, because they, they don't want to get on a plane. Oh, I'm afraid. of No, you're not afraid of flying. You're afraid of dying. There are people that are not living their lives to the fullest, not enjoying the life that Jesus died to give you. Why? They're, they're not living their best life because they are afraid. They're living under the bondage of the fear of death. Jesus conquered death to deliver us from fear and the bondage of fear. So, so fear is like, not only do, do people, are people afraid, but they're living under the bondage of it. And so, so, so no, Jesus came to deliver you. You don't have any fear. What do you have to fear? You have, you don't have to fear death for, for you with the day that you die, you you're already dead. If you're born again, you're already dead. So the day that you die, that's like moving day. You know what I'm saying? The day that I die, I'm not dying. I'm just, that's moving day. I get to move from earth to glory, from time to eternity, from mortal to immortality. Come on now, it's graduation day. The day that, that I die, I'm just graduating from here to there. I'm moving, it's moving day. I'm, I've done all the dying I'm going to do. If you're in Christ, you gotta know that, that sin has no power over you. Death has no power over you. What are you afraid of? I, I mean, fear. you should have no fear of death. You gotta be delivered from it. Paul was so convinced that he had eternal life. Matter of fact, Paul had already been translated up to heaven. He saw some stuff. The Bible says, I, matter of, the day that I got translated up into heaven, I, I, I was in the body, out of the body. I don't even know. I don't even know if my body went with me or just my spirit went with me. I don't know if it was just my spirit or me, my spirit and my body. I don't know. But I saw some stuff that is not lawful for me to see. I saw some stuff I can't even talk about. Heaven is great. Oh my God, heaven is amazing. And so Paul saw it and he wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Jesus took the sting out of death and Jesus robbed the grave of his victory. And so now for us, if you're born again, that day that you die, that's when we do a, a funeral, we don't do a funeral. We do a celebration of life ceremony. We're celebrating the life that you have while you're on this planet because you're still alive. And we didn't lose you because we know where you are. It's not like I lost or oh, we lost such and such. What? When you lose something, you don't know where it is. No, we didn't lose them. We know where they are. And so you should have no fear. I'm talking about just a few days from now, we're going to be talking about Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday morning. We got something to celebrate. We have something to celebrate. Jesus delivered us from the fear of death and the bondage of the law. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, last one for today. I'm just building my case. I'm doing teaching. I'm trying to teach you because listen, what I'm teaching you has set me free. And I pray that it sets you free as well. You ready? All right, number three, last point for today. 
Jesus freed us from the bondage of the law. So let's talk about it. Um, Galatians chapter three, I'm gonna read verses 19 through 22. I'm gonna take my time. I need you to get this down in your heart. Why, the Bible says, why then was the law given? You're like, well, Rick, come on now. I mean, if you're saying all of that, then can you explain to me why the law was given? I don't need to explain it. The Bible explains it. Paul wrote it in, in his letter to the believers in Galatia. So why then was the law given? The Bible says it was given, it was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. Remember, it was Abraham and Abraham's seed, but that Abraham's seed is all of us, but it was also talking about Jesus. So the law was designed, the Bible says, not me, I'm not making this up. The Bible says the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. Who is that? His name is Jesus. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one pot, if more than one party must reach an agreement. So you had the people, you had God, and, and Moses was the mediator, and he got the law from angels. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. So God came to Abraham directly, right? So if, if is there a conflict, the Bible says, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. The law, Old Testament, the promise, the coming of the promise, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, New Testament, is there a conflict between the law and the promise? No, absolutely not. But you got to explain like, you know, the progression of it. The Bible says, if the law could give us new life, then we could be made right with God by simply obeying it. So if the law was good enough, then Jesus wouldn't have to die. If you were good enough to just say, no, 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 I I'm a good person. I want to go to heaven because I do good stuff. I try to comply with the law. Well, if you could do that, then Jesus wouldn't have to die. If the law was good enough to give us new life, the Bible says that we could be made right by just obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So that was not good enough. What do we have to do? We have to receive the promise. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ only by believing in Jesus Christ. The law was given for a certain amount of time and it was only supposed to be there until the promise came, that promise is Jesus. And the law was not good enough. It wasn't like we, we, we can go to heaven just by being a good person. If we could do that, then we wouldn't need Jesus. And so the purpose of the law was to show us that we're not good enough. The purpose of the law was to show you, show me, that we cannot rely on our own ability that our humanity is not enough. And, and the purpose of the law was to prove to us that we need a savior. Well, that savior came and his name is Jesus. And he saved us from sin and death. So the law has served this purpose. By the time Jesus arrived on the scene, the people of God, they knew that they needed a savior. They were so convinced that they needed a savior that they were waiting on the coming Messiah. Well, that Messiah came. And Matthew 5 and 17 says that he fulfilled the law for us. So now when God looks at you, God looks at you, if you're born again, God looks at you through the lens of Jesus. Once you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then he sees you. He sees Jesus in you and you in Jesus. 
So everything that was accredited to Jesus is now accredited to you. So I want you to internalize that for a minute. Everything that Jesus did, he's righteous, he's perfect, he's holy, is now attributed to you. And when you internalize that, man, as Jesus is, so am I in this world, and sin is no longer my issue. Death is no longer my issue. I no longer have to live under the power of sin or the fear of death. I'm no longer under the bondage of the fear of death. Jesus's righteousness is attributed to me. I am righteous right now, not because of what I do. I am righteous right now, not because of what I failed to do. I am righteous right now only because of what Jesus did. My God, when you get a hold of that truth, that reality, that revelation, it changes you. It changes you forever. When you can say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world, I'm, it, it just does something for you on the inside that, that transforms every, it transforms the way you look at God, the way you look at yourself, the way you look at others, because you know you're free. You're free from sin and death. Last thing as, as we close, listen, under grace, you get to live the life that God planned for you. That's what it boils down to. Under the grace of God, you get to live the life that God planned for you from the foundations of the world. Now, and you get to live that life without being held back by your flaws, without being held back by the fact that you're not perfect. You know, under grace, you know that you're not perfect, but you're not held back by that. And so you don't allow Satan to cause you to delve over into fear, doubt, and unbelief, and condemnation, guilt, shame, and condemnation because of your imperfections. Because you know you're not perfect, but it is the grace of God that is empowering you to do what you could not do without God. So now, under the grace of God, the grace life, the grace life, you live free. You are free from the bondage of the fear of death. You are free from the power of sin. And so you enter every day focused on just doing whatever. This is God, I'm down for whatever. Just every day I get up, whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do today, that's what we're going to do. And it's not about me being perfect. It's not about me being holy and right and all of that. I am holy and right because of Jesus. And so I accept it. I believe it. I receive it. And so now as Jesus is, so am I in this world. And so Jesus walked this way. He was led of the Holy Spirit every day. I'm going to be led of the Holy Spirit every day. I'm living the grace life. I am empowered. I'm a grace case. I do not claim to be perfect. I do not claim. I can't look down on anybody else because I know how jacked up I am. And so it is only by the grace of God that I am what I am. And so God's grace towards me is amazing. And God's grace towards me shall not be in vain. Every day I get up ready, Father, I'm walking with you and you're walking with me. And I'm empowered by your grace. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I am called. I am loved. Glory to God. I am ready to do whatever you call me to do. When the devil says, oh, you're not worthy. I say, you're right. I'm not worthy. And God chooses to use me anyway. And it is the grace of God. And so thank you, Father, for using me despite my faults and my flaws and my failures. Thank you, Father, for loving me, for empowering me, for forgiving me, for calling me to this amazing calling. And I, I know I'm not worthy and I know that I don't deserve it, but you, you, you choose to use me anyway and you use imperfect people in holy ways. And so, Father, I get everything that I am and everything that I'm not, it all belongs to you. And so I put my life in your hands. I'm yielded to your purpose. I bind my feet to the path that you established for me from the foundations of the world. It's not about me. It's all about you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. And, and maybe now, I, I, like some of us on this call, I may be retired. I thought I was supposed to be doing more, less, and now I'm doing more. And you're using me to do this. 
this and do that. And you're using me to go here and go there. And you're using me to pour into others the things that you poured into me. And sometimes I don't feel like I, I, I should be doing this. Sometimes I don't feel like I deserve it. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy. But but you tell me that you are, while, while I'm not enough, your grace is always enough. And so you empower me and I believe it. I believe what you believe about me. And if you call me to do it, then I accept it. And I know I, 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 it's all about you. It's not about me. And so now I get to live this life that you planned for me from the foundations of the world. And, and it's all because of Jesus. And so I live for Jesus. I will never cease to give you praise for my Lord and Savior. I would never cease to give you praise. I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy, but Jesus was worthy for me. So Father, that may the life that I live be a life that is worthy of his sacrifice. May every day I get up and just want to give you praise. I, I will do whatever you, whatever you tell me to do. I will do it and I will do it in your name and I will do it for your glory and I will make myself small so that you can make yourself big in my life. It's not about me. It's all about you. I just want to glorify you. I am on this planet to glorify your name and I know it. And this is how I'm supposed to live. I'm free from the bondage of sin and death. Say amen to that. Listen, I may flow in the same vein again tomorrow. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life as we close. Say, Father, I thank you for your overwhelming goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace towards me. You gave a law to Moses. It was written by your own hands on tablets of stone. That law was perfect and holy. Humans through the ages have tried to comply with it, but no one ever could. There was only one perfect human and he fulfilled the law for me. So he did what I could not do. I broke the law. I was guilty. I deserve punishment. And the reality of the impending punishment has caused many of us to live under the bondage of the fear of death. But Jesus changed all of that. Jesus never sinned. Jesus did not deserve death. But Jesus took my place on the cross. Jesus paid my debt and he paid it in full. Now I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I am dead to sin. I'm dead to self. I'm dead to Satan. I'm free to find, follow, and finish my purpose before I die. So I enter this day ready. I'm led of your spirit. I'm yielded to you. And I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. <laughs> so this is the one for today. Meditate on this word. Listen to it again if you need to. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. This is teaching, man. This teaching has changed my life. I pray that it changes yours as well. Share this message right now with your friends. And let's, let's let everyone everywhere know of the amazing things that Jesus has done for us. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Oh, 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 o